and welcome to Writing the Coast. I'm your host, Megan Cole, and Writing the Coast is the official podcast of the BC and Yukon Book Prizes. On Writing the Coast, you'll hear conversations with winners and finalists of the annual BC and Yukon Book Prizes, as well as interviews with book lovers from across the province and territory. My guests for this episode are the creators of the beautiful picture book, The Secret Fawn. The Secret Fawn is a finalist for the Christy Harris Illustrated Children's Literature Prize. And here they are to introduce themselves. A little bit about me, I'm Kelly George. I'm an author, a children's book author primarily. I have written picture books and early readers and some like slightly longer chapter books. Um, I've been publishing for quite a few years and I live on the Sunshine Coast, uh, which is just outside of Vancouver. You take a ferry boat to get here with my son and my husband. And I'm also an editor for Greystone Kids. So uh, I wear that hat as well. I'm Ellie Mackay and I'm an illustrator and an author of picture books. And I also do covers for novels. And I live in Owen Sound, Ontario, with my husband and my two kids and dog. (laughs) In our conversation, Ellie and Callie talk about their creative processes and how they try to capture wonder in their book. Here's my conversation with Ellie Mackay and Callie George. If you could only read one book or watch one TV show for the rest of your life, what would it be and why? Oh my goodness, I couldn't do it. (laughs) I think I I like variety of books too much. Like to actually just choose one that's what I love about books and and like shows and movies is that there's so many different because (laughs) because honestly, like depending on my mood, I like a different story or a novel or... Yeah, and I like being introduced to things that are not the kind of thing that I usually like. Like, I actually read a lot of um, adult murder mysteries because I find that when I'm reading children's books, which I love, I analyze them too much. But, like, cheesy adult murder mysteries, I just can just totally relax into. Um, So, yeah, I don't know, Megan, do I have to choose one? You don't have to choose. <laughs> um, I've had people, I mean, people's answers have been all over the map on this, right? Where people have picked like the complete works of William Shakespeare, which, you know, a little bit of a cheat maybe because yeah, a little the, bit. Complete wor- <laughs> the complete works include a lot of books. So there's no, there's no rules about this one. Well, I was going to cheat too. I've got a big um, compendium of Moomin. <gasps> like, oh. I just love it. Like I'll just flip through it before bed sometimes. Um, so I was going to say that, but uh, for just one book, oh, that's so hard. Um, I really loved Watership Down growing up. Oh my goodness, yeah. Uh, maybe just because it's that one pulls on my heartstrings, I'd take that one with me. Yeah, that's such mm-hmm. a beautiful book. Moon's a good choice too. I have read because I also do like the early chapter book versions of Anne of Green Gables and oh, I've yeah. read Anne of Green Gables a lot of times <laughs> yeah. like, way more than than the average person I think I probably have read it like 30 times closely and I I have to say every time I 
read it, I find new things to enjoy, which is a good sign for that book. Yeah, it was yeah. very different as an adult than mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. I was just going to say, um, have they asked you to do anything with Emily of New Moon? Kelly? Cause... You know what? That's sort of interesting. No, they haven't, but I have read it thinking about that. But it is, you know, I really love Emily, but it is darker. And yeah. that is the thing that people like about Emily. It, right. <laughs> it has got this, like, slightly mm, darker past, and plus some of the characters she encounters are a little mm-hmm. bit... Mm, I would say not necessarily... Yeah, maybe more complex, but, like, yeah, it would be tricky. Yeah. I wouldn't be opposed yeah. to it, but it would be a hard challenge, I think. Yeah. Are you fans of the TV adaptations of Anne of Green Gables? All of them. All of them. <laughs> have you watched the latest ones, Ellie? Because I actually haven't watched the latest. Oh, you didn't. Purposely haven't though. Uh-huh. They came up around the time that I was asked to do the early chapter books, and uh-huh. I purposely didn't want um, to watch them to get to to get you know influenced in terms of how my take would be and my take is really faithful like I pretty much just retell the story in simpler language for young readers right Um, whereas I've heard and from like the little bits I've like the little trailers that it's quite interpretive the new tv show yeah which is a good it's not a bad thing it's just that yeah I've been meaning once I'm done once I've done that series I'll watch them yeah it's a little edgy yeah Mm -hmm. It's funny because I had Anne of Green Gables on my list of things to talk about with the two of you. And here we are, just like (laughs) moved it right to the top of the list. (laughs) Well, let's talk about The Secret Fun. Um, And oftentimes I have uh, authors read the book, but with picture books, I always feel like it's giving a lot away. So maybe, Callie, I'll have you uh, describe a little bit about what The Secret Fun is about. Sure. Well, The Secret Fun is the story of just a, a young, younger girl, us, um, the youngest in her family, who feels like she often misses out on things because she's the littlest. And one morning, her other family members see a deer in their field, which I see a lot of deer going through my backyard. She really wants, she wishes she had seen it. Um, and she feels like she missed out yet again. So she goes out sort of on this small quest to see if she could find it. And um, uh, she encounters a lot of other noises and animals along the way, but no deer. And at the very end, she, you know, is about to give up, but she gives it one last go. And she really not only just listens, but she also looks as hard as she can. She's quiet and she sees something and it's not the deer. It's actually the little baby, the fawn. And, um, she goes home knowing that she just saw the fawn. And I think that most kids and most adults can agree that seeing a little baby deer fawn is almost more special than seeing um, the deer. And um, she she has that secret with her. And when her mother asks her, did you find it? Did you see it? She actually keeps that that knowledge of what she saw to herself, which, you know, it's the kind of secret, which is not a, not a bad secret. It's a good secret. And that kind of thing that, you know, it's like a good news, a little special thing 
for herself. It's a story that is very much inspired by my growing up on the Sunshine Coast and amidst much wildlife and also you know, just really witnessing things in nature, special things in nature that you that you can do with a family or with friends or on your own. And it's and you know, it's such a such a powerful, a powerful thing for for so many adults and children. Yeah. What were the two of you like at that age? I always wonder when when I see little people in these books, it, it always makes me wonder what uh what the creators were like and maybe if there were bits of themselves in in the characters they're creating but was there a little bit of you in, in the little girl Callie well I was the oldest in my family actually I have a younger brother and I was the one that always actually my mom has all these stories of me because we had to collect a lot of firewood we lived um in an older house and it had no heating and so we stoked it with a fire throughout the winter and that's how we got hot water too like our whole hot water was either solar panels or by the stove so it was really important that we got the wood in and I would tell stories to my brother all the time who's little than me as we like carted wood um back and forth through the woods but uh, that little girl, even though I wasn't the youngest, yeah, she's very much me, like exploring, uh, looking for things in nature. Yeah. Uh, and I was, I was so much like that too, growing up. Like I grew up fairly far out in the middle of nowhere too. And uh, we had a slough around our house. So it was all quite marshy and there was a forest and a field. And yeah, I spent a lot of time kind of out I was the youngest kid but my brother and I spent a lot of time kind of playing outdoors and wandering around and encountering a lot of animals too we have otters that live in a pond down the road and there's a fox that all the farmers hate that (laughs) comes by yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of wildlife where I grew up too so lots of wonderful encounters and I think it's something that Kelly and I had spoken about before we even did this book, right, Kelly? We talked about some of the similarities of growing up out in the country. This book was very much, you know, Ellie and I were friends before this book. We we became friends over one of my other chapter books, which one of Ellie's children really loved. And Ellie reached out to me about it. And then I was like, oh my goodness, Ellie, I love your art so much. And we just sort of became friends. And then we ended up meeting up with each other when I was in Toronto one one year. And it was like one of those magical meetings where we were like, oh, wow, we're just kindred spirits. Like we just couldn't stop talking. Um, And (laughs) then, you know, we wanted to do a book together and we weren't sure if we wanted to do a fairy tale because we both love fairy tales, especially original fairy tales. And I was brainstorming ideas. And then um, and then I can viscerally remember where I wrote the story, which is like I'd written numerous drafts of different picture book starts that I thought might be good for Ellie. And I was sitting in a cafe and I remembered a time when I was a little girl at my aunt's place, also sort of in the wilderness. And um, there was a story about a hurt fawn that was in the woods that um, somebody had sort of rescued in their barn. And I was like, really wanted to go and see it. But I don't, I I went out for my bike, but I never, I went to the barn and I looked at the barn and I thought I saw it. I wasn't sure if I saw it. And then I rushed back because I was so like nervous about doing this adventure by myself. 
and it was sort of that, but of course, you know, not that story. This story became, when I wrote it, it was something totally else, but it was that little core idea and um, and it, it felt felt right for Ellie. So this was a very unique project insofar as I did write this story thinking almost of like Ellie's art style in mind. Like I, I it, <laughs> so it, our, it was our, it was our story right from the start, which isn't always the process in picture books. <clears throat> well, really. I mean, it's so unique to even know the author um, of the book that you're illustrating. Yeah, I wanted to know if you could talk more about that and just the difference of because I talked to um to David and Julie who did on the trap line together, which also like they mm-hmm. they are friends now, um, but weren't friends when they did when we were alone. But I do think it's a di- like I've talked to a number of picture book authors and illustrators, and uh, I had no idea what the process was like until I started doing this job. Um, and it is very special when people, when friends get to work together, because oftentimes, as you both know, it's just kind of passing things between a person instead of um, really working with your friend or with a collaborator in that way. Yeah, I don't know if it was that different. Like Kelly really left everything to me to um, come up with. Like it wasn't, I, I think some of the times the fear having people collaborate is that an author has a vision and then they'll perhaps influence the illustrator too much or things will be, things won't be the illustrator's vision if Mm -hmm. the author is influencing it. But Callie was very free. Like she just let me do whatever I wanted and, um, and then she was open to it. So, so that was great. Yeah, that's kind of like that is a funny thing about the process, and I also think just the the, the traditional process of you know uh, not knowing the illustrator can also be wonderful too. Like I like, but 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 we did really just let this be more of a traditional process. Once I'd written the book, I like gave it you know to the agent, yeah. sent it to Tundra, and Tundra such a great house you know, um, our editors were so wonderful and they are always our intermediary between the art because it's still really important that, uh, I don't know, um, that it is kept a little bit separate in that, in that regard, just, just because it is really two people's vision coming together to, for a picture book. Yeah. That makes sense. I feel like I, mangled that (laughs) no no, that does make sense yeah and um but I think it felt a little bit different in that I was making these things for a friend so I was thinking about Callie and how she might see it when it was finished so that was a little bit different and I was actually kind of imagining Callie throughout it (laughs) as as the little girl so (laughs) in spirit it's kind of Callie um I definitely when I was writing it it was the it's it's not it's not just the story but it's also the voice and tone that matches like that I was consciously or unconsciously matching with Ellie's art which is so luminous and soft and gentle yet beautiful and there's something I think that's why most of my books actually are not in first person or not in present tense. This is a first person, present tense 
uh, a book. And I don't even know. I have one other one called Secrets I Know, but it's mm-hmm. not really a clear narrative in it. But I don't usually do that kind of thing. Yeah. So, and it's funny because I think that the next book Ellie and I are doing together is also first person. Yeah. Well, I yeah, just, I guess good. I go about that route. Like it's a bit, gen- it's a bit gentler or something. I don't know. Yeah. But that's interesting. I don't, I didn't think of you as the character for that one. Not at yeah. all. I was just thinking of, of how you had written her. So yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Ellie, I wondered if you could talk a little about your illustrations, because I had the the privilege of watching you do uh, one of your demonstrations when we did the class visits, and I was blown away like at how you put together your <laughs> illustrations. So if you could talk a little bit about your process and how you developed that style of, of illustrating, because it is so special, and I don't think people know what, I mean, the pictures are beautiful, but the work that goes behind creating them is really special. Sure. Thanks, Megan. Um, yeah, so to create my illustrations, I um, first draw everything and then I think about it. But as I'm drawing it, I think about it three dimensionally because eventually I have to set it up three dimensionally. So I think about it in the um, foreground, middle ground and background. And I draw each of those layers. And then um, and then I actually draw each of the layers on Yupo paper with pencil, and then I ink them. And then I set them up three-dimensionally in a little miniature theater. Um, And then once it's all set up, I set up the lighting, and then I photograph the scene. Um, And I'll play around with the lighting and um, with the focus of the image. Sometimes I change um, things a little bit, zoom things in or out, or I can swap things um so say something's not working in the image um if i've got a little hillside town i can take some of the little houses out and put trees in it's kind of playful that way so yeah so everything's like a little miniature set it's it's so interesting to see it come together because I think there's a lot of people who still do very analog illustration, but there's also been, of course, a move towards digital illustration and all, all of these things have their pros and cons. But I mean, yours is analog and like you're really like you're constructing it in real life, which is so cool to see. Yeah, it's really, really a fun way of working. And I, I don't love being in front of a computer. I like uh, being up and doing things and making a mess. <laughs> so um, yeah, it works for me. And it's something that I, I've been doing since I was about, uh, I don't know, 15. So my mom, actually, she was known as the pop-up lady. So she did books uh, called How to Make Pop-Ups and things like Make It with Boxes, so three-dimensional um, craft books for kids. And I was always kind of her guinea pig at test things out, make things. And I, I really got into it uh, when I was about 15. And my mom took me on a trip through the United States to meet different paper artists because she thought I'd find them inspiring. And um, so we stayed with a bunch of different artists and I learned about tunnel books and Victorian optical toys and uh, these and paper theaters. And when I got home, I started um, making little dioramas and selling them. Um, I 
found a little gallery that would take them in Toronto. So, yeah, so I, I've really been making these three-dimensional little worlds since then. And I sort of stopped doing, I got into printmaking when I was in my early 20s, when I went off to art school. And then I came back to this after the birth of my daughter. Um, and um, yeah, and since then, I've just been working away again three-dimensionally. So, yeah. yeah. Great. It, it reminded me of when you said dioramas, I'm like, I think that's why I like it so much is because I loved making dioramas when I was in high school. Uh, and, yeah. So <laughs> getting the paper mache out and building things. Yeah. It's like you get to be a kid all the time. You both do. Absolutely. Absolutely. And my kids like doing it too. Sometimes they'll come up to the studio and play around. (laughs) That's so much fun. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit. I I won't keep you too, too long. I have like a million little questions here, but um, Callie, when you were talking about the voice and tone of this book, um, as I was reading it over this morning uh, to get ready to chat with the two of you, I really thought like you, you both in the illustrations, but and the text as well, like the magic of, you know, being a kid and having those adventures that feel so important and ex- ca- those new moments that are so they're so pivotal at that age, because after a certain age, it feels like new moments become more and more rare. And uh, I wondered about the importance of capturing that for you in in both the illustrations, but and in the text of, of those things that are so um, special in childhood, and that we maybe lose a little bit as we become adults. Mm-hmm. Do you want to go first, Ellie, or do you want me to? Yeah, if you can go first, Kelly. I'm not sure. It was a rambling question, so if you have a rambling answer, that's a okay. <laughs> um, I do think you know that is that the so it's about the importance of those moments. Those like, and they can be like. I mean, in in this story, it's not a huge moment if you think about it from maybe an adult perspective. But it is for a kid, and I wish it was more of a huge moment for for adults too. Like that's something I want to. I try. I would like to get more back to like making those moments of connection in nature. You know, they more important, and I think that they are. It's like sometimes I'm often surprised at the emotion. Oh, the emotional weight a small moment can carry for my son, especially like mm. there was recently a, a moment where he found a little ladybug inside and we were like, it was so cute and little. And we decided we brought it outside to let it go. And I said, oh, you know, I was a bit distracted. I think I was cleaning up in the kitchen. I said, oh, just go leave it in the grass or like it'll be, it needs to go back to its home and like it'll fly away. And, and then I turned around and I saw him and he was just crying like sobbing his heart out in the grass like like in our lawn and I ran outside I'm like are you okay are you okay he's like it's gone like it just disappeared it's gone and I'm like well it's you know that's what we wanted it to do but for him it was like such a big deal like like he had already bonded with this ladybug and within the course of like five or ten minutes it wasn't a lot you know and um I think, uh, yeah, that's sort of what the secret bond's about too. That this moment 
where she sees this little baby dear it is something she's going to carry with her forever for this little girl mm-hmm. yeah I was thinking about how um little moments can be made extraordinary too like I feel like I feel like I was raised in a spot where simple things um like my mom went to a real effort to make them exciting and interesting and then even still some of the people so um that I grew up with will take something simple and make it a little bit more extraordinary by just going an extra step so like we all got together for a a picnic uh, on the weekend and the hosts so it's kind of a family gathering but like extended family too um like friends and neighbors and uh they took the tables all the way to the top of the hike and they had brought them there. And then we all, we all took all of our potluck stuff, all of the barbecue things, and we hiked all the way there with it. And then, um, you know, so then when we were up on this lookout and it's something so simple, but you can make these little moments a little bit more extraordinary by just doing that little bit extra. And um, yeah, I was thinking about, too, I guess that's a bit of a rambling. I don't know if it's connected, but I think we can make these moments as adults too, so that you see something simple in a little bit of a different way. You know, we could have had just the picnic back by the house, but to go to the extra effort can make something that is rather ordinary, a little bit extraordinary. Yeah, exactly. Like to make the the smaller moments extraordinary. I mean, I think part of it too for the secret bond is it is perhaps this this girl's first time seeing a bond. So it's extra, extra special. And um, sometimes like your first moments seeing something that you don't usually see are a little bit more extraordinary. When you see a lot of, of that thing, then the challenge becomes to c- continually make that feel extraordinary and special. That is yeah. be a little harder. I mean, yeah. when I wrote this book, we were, I was living in the city and um, I was remembering, you know, seeing deer when I, was, when I was a little girl, but now we live back on the Central Coast and there are a bazillion deer in our, like, no joke. Like every day I see 10 deer. I like, there was a fawn that just like constantly in our yard. And I look at them as vermin now because they're always eating everything. <laughs> it's like, they're not quite so like. But you seem to have like this magical little spot. Like you showed me a picture the other day of what you had like three owls outside your show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we have so many owls and so many little baby frogs. And it's like, okay, I have to be, I mean, uh, at first, when we first moved back here at the beginning of the pandemic, I was like, oh my gosh, dear, like, look at those fawns. And now I'm like, why are you eating my potatoes? I thought the deer didn't like potatoes. <laughs> I know. We, we were told all these things that deer don't eat. They, they eat, eat everything. everything. They eat everything. <laughs> <laughs> Forget it. Yeah. Anyways, but um, that's, I guess, a little tangent. But yeah, no, it's something I'm, I'm active. I, I, I'm conscious about right now because, mm, yeah making making these moments feel extraordinary still even though it might not be my first time but for the yeah. little girl it is perhaps her first that is time. the nicest thing about being a parent is experiencing everything a second yes. time right? yes. 
yes or seeing and seeing it even a little bit differently through there for sure i'm so how like i experienced it as a little girl and being like Mm -hmm. i mean i never thought i'd get so into like i don't know voltron i don't even know if i'm saying it right but it's like all these like (laughs) these transforming things that but they're sort of magical through his through him you know like yeah yeah we got into hot wheels because of uh, my kids and i really wanted hot wheels as a kid but we never had them but um so that it became a bit of a thing here at our house to the point where we had them going out of our upstairs window down into our front lawn and out to the sidewalk because it was um, a longer run. See if we could keep them going. So these things that kind of just, um, yeah, as a parent, you see it differently for sure. I love it. I mean, I will, I know that we're really on a tangent now, Megan, but something I've been noticing is, or he loves to like play fight but his play fighting moves are like dance moves. Like there's this beautiful, I don't know. There's just this beautiful way of play fighting where it's like moving your body. Like it's a dancer's almost too. Like, cause everything's so controlled and precision and beautiful. Yeah. I don't know. Just, I like, I like learning all these things that I didn't think I would. Yeah. It's a, it seems like it's, I mean, in what in the tangents but also in in your work and in the stories it's it's capturing the wonder too that we seem to lose and and being able to to wonder about things and also have that kind of like that awe moment that sometimes we don't see as much when we see a ladybug or a deer eating our tomatoes but kids are like (laughs) kids don't have that right they're just like Everything right. is wonderful. Everything is awesome. And uh, being able to capture that. Because I, I often think, too, like, of course, your books are for little people. But they're also, like, parents are always reading with their, their kids. So they get to uh, experience a little bit of that wonder for this, themselves all over again. Because they get to sit with a book and have that moment. For sure. I think picture books are a meeting place, right? So it's a it's a place that you can share with the child. So you get to experience it. It's, a, it's equally important that the, the parent is enjoying reading to their child. That was Ellie Mackay and Callie George. Their book, The Secret Fawn, is a finalist for the 2022 Christy Harris Illustrated Children's Literature Prize. If you would like to find out more about the BC and Yukon Book Prizes, visit our website at bcyukonbookprizes.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Next time on Writing the Coast, you'll hear my conversation with Harsha Walia. Her book, Border and Rule, Global Migration, Capitalism, and the Rise of Racist Nationalism, is a finalist for the 2022 Jim Diva Prize for Writing That Provokes. Thanks for listening to Writing the Coast.